Welcome, everybody. We're back again with episode 43 of the Coffee and Code Cast, a tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Sheehan here. And today on the show, we've got a lot of updates for you. Ooh, we're going to talk about some lounge travel on the Delta Lounge and uh, Alaska Lounge. That's cool. And we got some, oh, he's got some Tesla news back again. <laughs> right on front and top, front and center here, man. Nice uh, job. We got to get right to it. Okay, very cool. Oh, we've got some good news here. Uh, we're going to get back to some things we didn't cover last week, including like that new satellite internet competition for uh, SpaceX. And uh, our topic for today is going to be, uh, as is many times, uh, topical uh, in the office. And, and we're dealing with some staff changes. So we're going to talk about that a little bit and the impact of losing a, uh, a leader in the organization. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the show, buddy. Good to see you, man. Feels like it's been a long time, but I guess it's only been a week. We were here <laughs> last week, weren't we? There's been a lot of travel happening in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, there certainly has. You've been gone. You were on a little uh, little bachelor weekend. Not for yourself, of course, but... Yeah, exactly. I was in Nashville. Yeah. Nashville. First first time there. How do you like Nashville, by the way? Do I need to go? Mileage yes, run you need, you Nashville? Need, you definitely need a mileage run there. Good place for yeah. a single dude like myself. Yep, there's a lot of uh, bachelorette parties. A lot of eligible bachelorettes. Uh, well, they're shortly... They're only eligible for a few more days. <laughs> they're, they're friends, though. They're yeah. friends. Right. Yeah, there yeah. you go. They're very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's excellent, man. Yeah. No, it's a good time. Uh, cool city. The Broadway is amazing. That's kind of like the area where all like the bar district is. <clears throat> really? Okay. Uh, tons of music. That's where the music venues are. Yeah. Uh, music is incredible. Like the, even at nine o'clock in the morning, you're eating breakfast and there was like a, a soul band really? playing and, and, it, and they were fantastic. Wow. So it's 24 seven. It's like music city. Exactly. And I, I would have been happy. Like, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have to get shitty or anything like that. I would, I would be happy just sitting there yeah. listening to music, eating, drinking a, a drink or two. Like, yeah, that, that would be fun all by itself, let alone the whole like club scene. Well, our good friend Dave Lester, you know, he lived in Nashville for a while and, hmm. and he's talked it up quite a bit. And uh, I just haven't had a chance to go, but I'd like to go down there at some point and check out some of the spots. I could see you and him getting into some trouble. We, we certainly could, man. I mean, <laughs> we, do, we did in Honolulu and we, yeah, we do pretty much everywhere we go. Yeah. Well, I have on here to talk about the uh, Nashville Delta Lounge because that's what we do. We talk about lounges here, travel, hey, mileage. Mileage runs. I mean, I just flew down to Portland for a mileage run. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I could have driven quicker probably, but right. why do that when you could earn a couple of miles and hang out in the lounge? Yeah. Well, Nashville Delta Lounge, Delta Lounge I'll just say no the, bueno. Really? No bueno. So, I mean, Nashville's not a, obviously not a hub for Delta. So I'm not totally surprised by that, but uh, I assume they still had some local curated foods. Like, what happened? Tell me about it. No, not really. It was pr- it's pretty small. Number That's one, disappointing. Uh, very small compared to most of them that I've been in. Yeah. Uh, I did not utilize the bar because it was really early. Like I was there at like four thirty in the morning. Oh, they don't start serving until six. I found yeah. out the hard way. Oh. <laughs> uh, they did have some uh, breakfast selection there. Not 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 much, but uh, you know, typical fare: oatmeal and some eggs they didn't and, have you know, any pretty basic they do a good job with some hot food though they have eggs they had probably some sausage and bacon i would hope right yeah yeah better than alaska biscuits alaska, and gravy see there you go and that's why i'm always on the fence right now with alaska versus delta for that reason because alaska has their infamous pancake machine which is fine <laughs> if you like pancakes i would have been all about pancakes after that trip it's good man it's good i don't mind it i wish they had biscuits and gravy or something like that like that would be a low-cost meal to have uh, in addition, right to the other the other things, and Delta does a nice job of having a good selection of hot foods. In addition, you know, in, as well as like the regular stuff. Yeah, Alaska's a little lean that way. I wish they could step it up a bit. 
So yeah, I was in Nashville for, um, for uh, about three days. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. I would highly recommend it. I um, saw some interesting photos. First class there and back, which was amazing. Which is nice because that's a longer trip, four and a half, five hours, maybe even longer than that. No, I don't. I think I want to say it was right at four. Okay. Yeah. Direct was, Seattle to Nashville, four hours. Okay. Yeah. It was quicker than I thought. Hmm. I thought it was longer than that. Okay. But regardless, that's still a long time time in a seat, especially domestic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And and were you flying red eye or early or like normal? Uh, the 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 flight there was, I don't know, afternoon four or five o'clock, and the uh, return flight was at like I said, like maybe five something a.m. So you got dinner on the way out and maybe some breakfast on the yep. way back. Yep. I'd actually forgotten about breakfast that I was going to be served that. Oh. So I'd eaten in the lounge, biscuits and gravy, like I said. And yeah. And they brought out my tray of food, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so full, I can't. Double dipping. Yeah. Oh man, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. So where where were you at? Yeah, I was down in Portland. Well, I was in Portland myself for a day. On Friday, I went down, and uh, it was a family trip. Really fun to get the family together. We don't get together as a group all that often. I've got two brothers and their spouses and a niece and a nephew and my mom. And so, like, the, the whole group of us came out. There was a contingency from Omaha that flew out here uh, to Portland. And then, you know, my brother in Seattle here drove down with his family, and I... Um, opted to fly down to Portland Friday afternoon, Friday evening, just because I wanted to have a night down there and then a little bit of time. Originally, I was just going to be there in the evening and we were going to all meet up early in the morning. They flew in early Saturday, but they had some flight issues. Kind of interesting. Uh, Alaska canceled the flight out of Omaha because of mechanical issues. They didn't really say what it was, but so they knew the night before that the flight was canceled. It was a 6 a.m. flight, right? They're going to be out here by 8 a.m. And so I was, he called, my brother called me and we got on the phone with Alaska customer service, try to work it out. And they said, look, we got a Delta flight for you guys that leaves an hour later and I'll get you there an hour later. It's not a big deal. Uh, an hour and a half later, I think it connected through Salt Lake or something like that. And so, Hey, great. Let's reschedule everybody. There was four people on the itinerary and somehow it got screwed up. They got there in the morning and they only had two people on the itinerary. So they missed that flight, took an hour to figure it out at the airport. Long story short, they didn't show up until three 30 the afternoon. And so they wasted a day and then they ended up extending it into Tuesday, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I had a, an afternoon just to putz around Portland, which was really kind of fun. I had a good time doing that because I don't spend much time in Portland as close as it is. Uh, and so this time I stayed in the hotel downtown and went out Friday night, uh, hit up a few spots. Blue Line. Been to Blue Line Donuts? That sounds familiar. No, but Blue I'm not... Star. Blue Star. Yes, I have been to that. Yeah. yeah. So Voodoo is kind of the infamous donut shop. Right. And they have crazy like Fruity Pebbles donuts and shit like that. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Yeah. yeah. So um, Allie told me about Blue Star and she goes, man, they're really cool and they're a little step up. Check them out. And I did. It was really nice. I think that's not far from a place called the Waffle Window. I didn't see that, but they have multiple locations. So maybe I was just in the wrong one. Oh, maybe that's the case. Yeah. Anyway, it was really fun. I went to the Saturday market and checked out some things there. I, I got a lot of walk-in, um, took some photos, went to the donut place, got some coffee, went to Paul's books, all the things that you have to do when you're in Portland. And then, um, went back to the airport to meet those guys. And then we went on to Astoria. So did they get any credits from Alaska for all the, they're working on it. I know that Alaska said they were going to give them some vouchers or something, but they, they didn't issue them at the time. They just tried to get them shuffled onto another plane. And they, so they're in the process of getting that worked out, which I hope they do. I hope they get that because again, they, they lost a day 
they would have been in there at like 7.45 in the morning and then we would have been hanging out all day long. And instead right. they they were up all night and didn't get any sleep and all that shit. So it was kind of a rough start to the trip. Well, let's but, move on to the one. There's something else near and dear to your heart here. Kind oh, of kind of tied to travel. Oh, it's boy. More, more lounge talk. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, And I came back yesterday. And I had a chance to go back for my second time <laughs> to the uh, new Alaska Lounge. So on your, on your return flight, you yeah. stopped in at the lounge? I mean, I had to freshen up a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I might as well, if I'm going to freshen up in the lounge, I might as well get a beverage or two. All right. Uh, Hang so out at the airport a little longer. That sounds great. I don't mind because it's so nice, man. Like, it's a 16,000 square foot flagship Alaska Lounge. I don't know all the details. I don't know who was behind the architecture, but the design is just fantastic. So you know they're redoing North Satellite Terminal the end gates over there. And so right now, like half of it is brand new. It just opened up and the other half is still old and crummy and like the low ceilings and stuff. But the Alaska lounge is on the mezzanine level. So it's uh, on the second level uh, above the, the newly renovated end gates in the North satellite terminal. And it's a massive lounge and floor to ceiling windows. They've partitioned it off into a few different areas. So it's really spacious, lots of seating, big tables, comfy chairs, um, and they've expanded their food menu a bit. It's still not w- up to par with Delta's lounge. Uh, however, they do have like a trail mix bar and then a salad bar, some soups, 12 taps, 12 beer taps, and then Fremont partnered with them to do a special IPA for their lounge. Their own beer. That's impressive. So, yeah, I went in, um, you know, went, checked out the facilities. I wanted to change a little bit. And so... The, the restrooms are very nice. Um, I don't think they have showers in that one. At least I didn't see any. Maybe they were further down the hall, but I don't believe they, I don't know if they do or not. That would, that would have been nice if they had that. I, I don't need that. Have you seen that in any lounge? I don't think the Delta lounge has. Do they have that? I thought Delta did um, in, I want to say that Phoenix does, but I'm not 100% on that. Okay. Sky Harbor. That's a beautiful lounge too. If you're in Phoenix, I would recommend the Delta lounge and that's in Terminal 2. Terminal 2 was newly renovated over there because Sky Harbor, the other terminals kind of look like dog shit. <laughs> yeah. They're dark. They're dingy. Um, yeah, the Delta the, the Delta 1, Rain was on here. He just goes, the Delta 1's pretty nice too. I do like the Delta 1 in the main concourse. That's around the A gates. That's huge. I mean, that's a really nice, spacious one. That's the one that we spent a lot of time in, yep. Yeah. I really enjoy that one. I mean, that, would, that was my favorite lounge until the Alaska Lounge opened up. I would say that the Alaska has the edge. On, on the aesthetics now um, over Delta, and it's, it's more spacious. Um, but I think you get better full service from the Delta Lounge just with all the food selections, and they have the curated, like, Tom Douglas menu and the mac and cheese and all of that shit. So it's a little nicer food selection. There's a little bit of an interesting issue when we were hanging out in the lounge. A lot of the, a lot of the drinks were paid for, which I hadn't seen before in a Delta Lounge. Usually you can pretty much get anything that they have for free. Oh, you're saying you had to pay for certain cocktails? Certain spirits, yeah. They had like a list of like freebies, but then if you wanted yeah. like, you know, a specific type of tequila or vodka or whatever, they would charge you for that. I'm pretty sure that wells are covered, but then if you want, if you wanted a, a gray goose or something like that, you might have to pay. I don't know exactly. Well, that's, that's horseshit. He's saying they're charging for Stella, which is yeah, exactly. really surprising to me. I think you could get Miller. Really? <laughs> something pretty basic. Yeah. See, as far as I knew, like all beers were no charge. I've even been in, no, I've been in the Delta Lounge and had a Stella before. Maybe, no, maybe not. Maybe they just didn't like our group. We had a lot of people there. Too many people. Now, the interesting thing I'll say is that there are, now for the record, there is no charge for the beers. In Alaska. In Alaska, yeah. Yeah. So you get all that. Um, 
And their wells, like their vodka was Gibson's. It was some shit, but it was fine. It's free. I don't know how much the goose was. I didn't ask for that. Um, it was interesting. They don't take tips because I was going to tip on. Hmm. I, had a, I pounded a couple cocktails rapid fire and I was going to give her a tip, but she, <laughs> they don't take them. So, um, yeah. So Alaska does a similar thing as, as, as Delta. So whereas Alaska partners with Fremont to do an IPA, um, Delta, Rain was saying, has the, a custom pike beer that they branded for, for pike Delta. Place, pike Place Brewing? Yeah, pipe yeah. place down here in the in the market. Hmm. So, um, but I'm surprised that they charge for beer. I can't believe if you're a Delta member, you're paying a premium for this. You, I mean, you can get in for free if you have a Delta Reserve card, but you're paying a $450 annual fee for that privilege. So you are paying some money to be in the, a member of the lounge. Um, at that level, it surprises me you'd be paying for beer. It, it, it didn't even matter, like regardless of like what level uh, of card or anything that you had. It was that was across the board because like some people had to pay to get in, some people had their cards, some people had the reserve cards, some people had the gold card. It didn't matter. Wow, it was across the board. So I yeah. don't know if that's a new policy or I've never had that experience before. Well, I was conflicted when I was with the family on the way back. So the Omaha group they were with me at the airport on uh, yesterday evening, and they have an Alaska lounge at uh, um, PDX in Portland in the ABC gates. So um, in that part of the airport, they do have a lounge. It looked okay. It didn't look like anything fancy, maybe kind of like the old end gates lounge or maybe like the, I don't know. That's probably the best comparison because the C and D gate lounge for Alaska at SeaTac is pretty nice. They're a little newer. However, um, we had a four year old, well, three and a half year old and then four adults. And so I could have only gotten two adults in and then it would have been what? 25 bucks with my Alaska card per person for two more guest passes. And at that point, you know, was it worth 50 bucks to bring them into a mediocre lounge? Probably not. If they had burgers or fries or something like that, then I think it would have been easy because we spent a hundred bucks at the uh, Henry's Tavern over there at the airport instead. Yeah. You can easily ring up a pretty big bill at an airport bar. Yeah. Uh, So if you're, if you're hanging around a long time, it's probably worth the money, but if you're going to just drop in there for 20 minutes, then yeah, definitely not. Yeah, not at all. And we had about an hour, hour and a half, but my niece wanted some food and, and they wouldn't have had anything like that in the, you know, they wanted to eat because they weren't going to have dinner. They were getting home late. So in that case, it wasn't worth paying for the membership. I think they do have some hot plates you can order um, for, a, for a fee, but then it's not really saving you any money. So yeah, mixed review there. Yeah. It's a bummer. No bueno on the two lounges that we well, have just through. Yeah, I, but the Alaska Lounge in the North Satellite is a beautiful lounge. Go check it out if you get a chance. It's impressive, and they've done a really nice job uh, with that. It, I hope to see San Francisco's new lounge next year when that opens up. That should be similar, of similar design and style. I think they just did one in JFK recently as well. I'm going to hit that up. Well, I, I don't know if I'll be able to hit that up this September. I'll be out there, but I'll fly Delta for that, so might not be able to see that one. Anyway, it's, it's a little stingy to me that you're paying for beer and you're having to pay for certain things when the lounge price, the, the cost of the lounge membership itself is around $500 a year. And uh, you might get a discount if you have a credit card. But if you're, in my case, I just paid for uh, a, a full membership so I could bring two guests in and I had a discount with my gold status. It was still around 395 I think, 375 I don't remember now. No, no, uh, no free beer. What the hell is that? All about? No free beer. All right. Well, should we, you got anything else you want to add on this or should we move along to, uh, the good part of the show? Oh, the Tesla part. <laughs> Someone's getting a little giddy. It's like, 
It's like Christmas is coming. It's Christmas Eve over here, and someone wants to can't go to sleep. You know, wait for Santa to arrive here. Oh, hey, it's been a while. I know it has been about four weeks. Go ahead, hit the button. Why not? What's the good part of the show? The good part of the show is, show is Tesla news. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the story that Kelso sent me earlier today. Oh, what did he send you? The Delta story. You want to talk about more Delta news? Yeah, you want to talk about Tesla news. I want to talk about more like air, airplane news. I don't see that in the show notes, so we're going to just skip All that right. one. All right, you can talk first. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Better be good. What's going on in Tesla land over here? Well, Tesla is going to release Netflix, YouTube, and Cuphead, which is a game. Uh, to their infotainment system at the end of August. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's, uh, that's all we need now is to have more distracted driving. Well, you can't be distracted because you can't use any of these functionalities while you're driving. When you're in autopilot, anything. The car has to be in park. Um, oh. The primarily, primary use for this is going to be when you're charging. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. They don't have a, do they have an AirPlay capability where you can stream to the screen? You can use Bluetooth, but there's no, like, uh, no AirPlay. That would be pretty cool. That would be a great feature. Elon, we need airplay on the Tesla monitors. He, you should tweet that because he takes a lot of suggestions via tweet. I'm going to do it right now, actually. Do it. You, you talk about this, and I'm going to go on to Twitter. Yeah, so basically, I mean, it's just a Netflix, Netflix app and a, and a YouTube app that uh, while parked and while charging, if you want to watch a movie for 20 to 40 minutes or however long it is that you're going to be sitting at the supercharger, uh, you, can, you can certainly do that. Um, Elon has said that, that the experience in it is actually really, really incredible because you're sitting in a car which already has like a pretty immersive sound system, like 360 degree sound. Um, so the, the experience is apparently pretty impressive from what he is reporting, of course. But um, the other thing that they have talked about, and I don't know if this is part of the announcement or if they're ready to do this yet, but at the superchargers, they were going to provide free Wi-Fi as well so that you could uh, do your streaming without using their built-in LTE connection? I wasn't listening. I was just tweeting that out there to Elon. I just got it out there. Well, good. Tell me I'll, what you said there. I'll follow. They're going to also be adding Wi-Fi at, okay. at their uh, supercharger stations so that during your time at the supercharger, you can just be automatically hooked up to that and use that as their streaming mechanism versus uh, using the built-in car LTE system. Because yeah. yeah. I don't think the speed on that is all that great. So very exciting. Something to do. I think we've talked about this a number of times on the show before that like, what do you do while you supercharge? You know, there are a number of like facilities available, usually Starbucks or restaurant, whatever is around. Yeah, there's but some there's, kind of thing outside of the vehicle. Right. But they keep expanding on the number of games that are available in the car to play or movies to watch or different things that you can do to pass the time while the car is charging because it's not obviously as fast as like a gas fill up. That's pretty cool. I like that. I'm looking at the screen here. They've got, yeah, the podcasts. Yeah, the Coffee and Code cast. If you own a Tesla, we are on TuneIn app, which is available in the Tesla. You can pull us right up, click and the button, us. and away we go. Oh, man. I do <laughs> I do have some sad news to follow up on, but I, I'll wait until you're finished with it. Do you have anything else you want to add to this story here? No, that's pretty much it. Um, like I said, an, an available at the end of August, supposedly, if he comes through with his dates, which sometimes are a little bit sketchy. Um, but yeah, pretty cool news there. That's awesome. Do you want to, uh, in interject here before the next Tesla news that I have here? Yeah. You, okay. Okay. You want to break it up? I just want to break it All up right. for you a little bit. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I want, I want you to like relish in your Tesla news as long as possible. So All I want right. to break it up a little bit. No, this is a little sad. I was talking to Lester yesterday and he's all caught up on our episodes now. Um, do you remember last week that we had texted him? When was it? I reached out to him and I said, Hey, what are you doing? 
and he responded to me and he said, I'm, I'm listening to you. I think you and I were at fuel and I reached out to him. I said, what are you up to? And he said, I am in my car listening to you guys argue or talk about the Amazon strike. Well, he told me yesterday that right after he sent that text message, he rear-ended some guy getting off, <laughs> getting on the, he was in an exit off ramp going like two miles an hour and like rear-ended some dude. <laughs> so don't text and drive friends. Like yeah. if, even if it is a text coming from the coffee and code cast, please make sure that your car is parked. Maybe we'll have to put that as like a disclaimer at the end of the podcast now. Just from now on, that's yeah. like something we'll put on there every time. Yeah, I felt really bad for him. He's like, don't feel bad. It's okay. It worked out. You know, it's not a big deal. But um, apparently the guy was trying to milk him out of some stuff and back issues and all kinds of things. Didn't have insurance probably. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. But yeah, he he said, don't feel bad. But yeah, right after I texted you that, I went into the back of some guy's car. <laughs> Didn't really do much damage. The guy had a trailer hitch on the back, and all it really did was wrinkle Dave's license plate. He's got a new one on order. So, what's Dave driving? Is he driving a Tesla? No, he's got a Forerunner right now. Oh, that's too bad. He's got a big vehicle there. Yeah, nice SUV. Um, does not have a big Tesla display, so he won't be listening to the podcast that way. But I think he just uses his AirPlay. Is you know they have a CarPlay on the on the Toyota. Well, now is the time. System. Now is the time. Yeah, you know your car's damaged. You need it fixed anyway. Now it's time to sell. Yeah. And get yourself a Tesla. Speaking of that, Speaking let of. me bring you right back around. Let's do it, man. What's going on with Tesla? This is off the grid here because I don't have notes about this, but also the Tesla truck oh. supposedly is supposed to be announced here in the next one or two months. So maybe he switches to the truck That'd instead of the, what'd you say, Forerunner? Forerunner, yeah, yeah, the SUV. Yeah. Well, that would be a nice option for Dave because, you know, having a truck would be good. I think he likes having a little more room for his pup. You know, he has a golden. You can put it in the bed retriever there well on long haul trips i don't know i might have to get a uh, <laughs> might have to get a cover for it all right very good well what else do we have in tesla news today the third item of tesla news here is a new announcement called tesla mega pack what the hell is that it is a battery pack system much like they've uh, implemented i think it was in was it in puerto rico they put these in like some of these battery packs that they could kind of assist the grid with uh, and apply solar. This one is mainly a, a gigantic battery pack system that, you know, these cabinets are taller than you, right? Um, and they're they're designed to help uh, in, in peak demand scenarios. So how is this different than what they deployed down in Australia? Those ones, I think, are just specifically capturing devices for, like, solar. So I think they use their solar arrays or solar panels to capture these um into those types of, of banks these i think are specifically to handle peak load interesting okay it's a little different those are the, the the other thing i'm referring to was the tesla power pack power pack so it's a little bit different um power yeah. pack first mega pack let's look at that how about that because they had power wall that was for the home that was where you got a little yep you know personal home device but then like on the industrial commercial scale they had power pack and now mega pack um well yeah, wow, the power packs were huge. 129 megawatt hours, 100 megawatts of power. Yeah, this one even says like Tesla unleashes a mega pack and it says that uh, it's to take on natural gas plants. Really? Company aims to support grid, energy grid usage during peak hours by storing up to three megawatt hours of clean wind and solar energy, supplementing natural gas peaker plants. Hey, very cool. Okay. So... They're huge. Like those, these, these containers, we'll have to put a link in the show notes, but these containers, like they're, it's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, probably 10 modules in there. Yeah. Or in this cabinet. And, and each module is probably 
I don't know, judging by that picture, they're probably 12 foot high or something. And a couple feet across, three feet across, something like that, each container. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's a pretty big system. Yeah, they just show it here kind of in the middle of a field somewhere on a slab. Right. Easy to set up. They link together. They're interconnectable, interchangeable. Right. So just another one of these like things that, that Tesla is, is bringing in in terms of clean energy, right? They have their like solar roof. They have their solar panels. Yeah. They have the power pack. The what, uh, what was the home one? The power wall. Power wall. Yeah. And now the mega pack. Mega pack. Yeah. Well, they do say here that they had to scale back power packs in 2018 and 2019 because of the demand for Tesla batteries for the vehicles. So the, not that that's a problem. It's just that they had to, they, they had a little shortage there. They needed to come up with more batteries. So backed off of that a little bit. And I know that the solar roof project has been a slow start. Um, really cool, though, because these tiles look like natural roof tiles or they have a few flavors. You can even get, I believe, the uh, what the Adobe style. Yep, they can. They can either be like tar shingles. Yeah, or they can be. Yeah, what do you call those? Um, is that the terracotta t- That's style? That's what it is. The yeah. terracotta. Yeah, the yeah. rounded ones that they the clay right tiles. And each individual piece, uh, shingle or tile or whatever you want to call it, has its own little built-in solar right. panel, and then they all connect together and, and produce a pretty large amount of solar energy. And they're trying to bring the cost down to compete with kind of some other, you know, traditional solar panels, which they also sell, um, but make it a durable roof that'll last just as long as a, as a typical roof today. So what are they, 30 years? Yeah. Um, but Long-y also will save you tons and tons of money on energy costs. Yeah. So really cool technology. Um, they, they just keep pushing the envelope and batteries, and that's that's probably their biggest crutch right now is, is the fact that they can't produce their own batteries fast enough. Right. Um, which is where the, I think the Gigafactory in China and, and I think they're looking at putting another one in Europe somewhere um, will help them continue to produce the amount of batteries that they, they need to produce to keep up with this, these technologies that they keep implementing. But really cool stuff. The sheer amount of power that Megapack can handle uh, is very impressive, up to one gigawatt of energy storage. They said that's enough to power every home in San Francisco for six hours. That's a lot of energy. Damn. Yeah. There's a lot of homes in San Francisco. Right. But you think about that, and, and when it comes to offsetting peak demands and you know, just deal, the power companies have to deal with that inefficiency between peak loads and, and non-peak loads, it makes a lot of sense. I think what they said the, the one in Australia that they used already paid for itself. It was a very quick ROI. I don't remember how long it took, but I know just because of the efficiencies there that were gained by having that offset the power, uh, it was able to uh, pay for itself very quickly. Kind of ten, tangential to this, like one of the, uh, an interesting thing that is happening in the Midwest right now with a lot of these um, wind farms, because, you know, the farmers will put gigantic wind turbines in their, in their field. Yeah. And then they're generating energy. So they're basically at this point getting in they're connecting to the grid and they're basically providing energy right to the grid, which then they get paid by the power company. Um, so they're, it's, it's mo- pretty much straight profit for them. Right. Yeah. Um, but the problem now is becoming is like the power companies are saying, well, no, you're using our grid. You're using the whole system in a way, you know, you're providing to it, but you're also using the transmission lines. You know, there's a cost for us to maintain those. Like you should not get to use them for free. Oh, you need to pay a service to exactly. 
put your power on our lines. Exactly. So like basically you can't be net negative or, uh, you know, you can't just always demand a return. Yeah. is kind of the way that they're starting to look at it. And I, I, I think they've, I think they're correct about that. Like somebody has got to maintain those lines. Well, the infrastructure um, costs money. Yes, lots of money. Exactly. Yeah. So unless you're going to go to like what we've talked about in, in previous episodes where like everything is kind of in micro scale, right? Mm-hmm. So like every little community has their own little micro power plant and their own little micro sewage plant and so forth. Like, you, you have to do something like that because yeah, all those, all those, all the infrastructure costs crazy amounts of money to maintain and, and improve. Boom. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Can I go back to my story that we were talking about the Delta pilot? <laughs> if you want to do the Delta pilot. Yeah. Fire away, buddy. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. We got this one. Uh, Kelso sent me this a little bit. Our ago. good friend, the Gomer. The old Gomer. He's got so many pseudonyms and whatever okay yeah this dude was third the pilot was uh booted off a fully boarded plane in minneapolis and arrested 37 year old dude gabriel schroeder was cuffed at after 11 a.m tuesday and they found him reeking of alcohol and he happened to have a bottle of booze on him i've been to minneapolis i would drink too if i was there <laughs> not your cup of tea huh? <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> You need a drink just to like not freeze to death. I think in the winter time, that's, that's you need that false sense of warmth. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That helps. It makes it makes it feel a little more palatable there when it's twelve below zero, or twenty five <laughs> below zero, whatever it does. Or full of mosquitoes, or yeah. No formal charges were immediately filed against him or any formal complaint. It's all pending toxicology tests, which could take a week. He was booked and released. Da, 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 so what's da. the what's the charge there? There's no DUI. No, well, he wasn't driving anything yet. Yeah. Delta's alcohol policy is among the strictest in the industry, and we have no tolerance for violation. I mean, he'll probably get fired. I don't know. Oh, I would have to imagine. I don't think they're going to give him. I don't think there's second chances on that. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. cost of them, yeah, letting somebody letting that happen again is like I can't imagine they would allow that to happen. Man, why not just call in sick? Why do you even try to go? Like he actually was going through the the TSA screening line for crew members. But he noticed they were doing additional screening, so he got out of line. Like, why? And he had a, wow, he had a bottle of booze on him <laughs> in the TSA line. I mean, that's pretty ballsy work there. Clearly really intoxicated because yeah. it's hard to believe that he wouldn't have known that or, or that realized be, that that would be a problem. That might be a bad idea. Right. Should probably not do that here. I did, yeah. And, and that much liquid, right? Like you're going you're gonna to get flagged hey, for having. If you're going to do it, make sure it's in three ounce bottles, buddy. Right. You know. I had an experience with that actually in Nashville. I got some hot sauce. Yeah. Sweet Baby Ray's hot sauce. It was in a five ounce. Oh, no bueno. I only had my carry on. I had to make our good buddy Rain, who's listening here, carry it yeah. back on the plane for me because oh. I didn't have a, that or somebody recommended drinking two ounces. <laughs> <laughs> two ounces of hot sauce down, did, down the hatch. What did his shirt say? It was drinks before I do's or something like that? Oh, I don't know if we want to talk about that. There was some pretty, uh, pretty classy um, photos that came across the, the wire there. I appreciate it. It didn't get too bad. It was fine. Everybody behaved for the most part. Yeah. What happens in Nashville stays in Nashville kind of thing. Exactly. All right. Very good. Well, your wife's online. We're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> Nothing to get anybody in trouble here. You can tell me after the cast. That'll be in the post show. Right. Speaking of crazy stories, I got a crazy story for you. I want to I relay this to you. I haven't, right. I haven't talked about this to you at all because I was curious to get your reaction. Okay. Yeah. So kind of starting off at the beginning here. So you're familiar with meetups, meetup groups? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Meetup.com. Yeah, exactly. So it's a site that kind of has like uh, different kinds of clubs or groups that you can join. Uh, some of them are open, some of them are not. Um, range from anything from technology to hiking to running to whatever, you know, any interest you have in the world, 
you can find a group, right? So uh, about a year ago or a little over a year ago, there was a group that my wife had joined um, at Chef down the street here. Chef. Yeah. I don't know what they do exactly. The company's called Chef. Anyway, the group that they had was called Seattle Coffee Ops. It's a group about DevOps work. Which, okay. Which we're familiar with. Um, I had even uh, recommended this group on our team's channel once upon a time, a long time ago. They meet at about nine o'clock, I think once every week or two weeks. Um, and then it's just a discussion about different Devi topics with smaller groups. So I think usually in this, in this case, maybe let's just say for the sake of argument, 40 people show up, they split you into five groups and you discuss whatever the day's topic is amongst your group. Some DevOps topic. It doesn't have to be dev. A lot of times it ended up being engineering. Sometimes it's recruiting. It could be a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. It's a DevOps group, but it, it kind of goes in a lot of different directions. It could be wide ranging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went to this group a few times and, and, and I enjoyed it. I learned a lot from it and it was a pretty interesting uh, learning experience. And uh, so I joined their Slack channel. So just like we have a Slack channel here, they have one as well for this coffee ops group. Okay. Right. So I'm following the, the channel and, and there's a lot of stuff being talked about, all kinds of different topics, different channels that you can join about, you know, security or DevOps or, you know, job boards or whatever the heck there is. Right. Yeah. So one day in the gen general channel, um, there was this person who was named Paige and was reaching out for help, like looking for jobs, basically. Okay. Um, and I was kind of just following, you know, what she was saying. And, and she sounded like she was in a little bit of a crisis, right? Like she was kind of like venting to the channel a lot. And, and the reason she was venting was that basically she was saying that companies were not willing to hire trans people. Okay. Right. So they weren't being inclusive and that she was being discriminated against and so on and so forth. Um, so I referred her or I at least messaged my wife because my wife, one of the things my wife does very, very well is she's very inclusive um, and she wants to hire for diversity. And that's like one of her like focuses at every company that she's ever been at. Right. Um, and so I was like, you should reach out to this person They're They seem like they're really struggling and, and it seems like maybe they're not getting a fair shake. And so she did. She reached out on, on LinkedIn. She found the LinkedIn page um, and reached out and they chatted a little bit back and forth. And she passed along a few companies that she knew, you know, does diversity and inclusive hiring. Great. Right. So she kind of left it at that. And then I don't think it was very much longer, probably not even a day, uh, got a response. Um, and basically the person was like, none of them will hire me. They don't hire trans people. You know, they're, they're not inclusive. So the same, same issues that were previously mentioned now with these other companies. Exactly. Right. Hmm, that's um, concerning. And then added, added to that, she requested that Christina reach out to the, the counselor, a counselor and say, this person is not getting hired or that will not, they won't basically like basically trying to get to the counselor that, you know, they're not hiring her. So she's trying to skirt something. What right? counselor? What do you mean? Like a, a, like a, I don't know, like a personal counselor, like a, um, to help you through issues, right? Guidance. I don't know what you want to call that. Like this person, I'm missing something here. This person made the suggestion, this, but this, this. Uh, so yes, Paige, yeah. the person that we've been talking about, yeah. asked Christina to s email her counselor. Oh, her counselor. Saying that people will not hire her. Oh, I see. Because she's oh, trans. That's what I missed. So she has a counselor that she's yes. working with mm -hmm. and now wants... Christina to, Christina to contact them directly, right? Okay. Uh, therapist, yeah. Therapist, sorry. Yeah, that's the correct term. And um, 
Christina was like, no, there, there's no way you've contacted these people and talked with them in this amount of time. Like, that's not, that hasn't happened. Yeah. Right? Something seems a little fishy here. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, things kind of went on and, and, and so forth. And suddenly this person replies to Christina and, and the same thing again. You know, Christina hates trans people um, and then th- uh, proceeds to threaten that she's going to hack her. Wow. This is escalating very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So crisis, like everything here is like super like 100% forward all the time, right? Yeah. And then even sent like this GitHub repo link. Uh Uh-oh. And it had a whole, like, uh, we didn't know what it was at first. And so Christina and I looked through it and uh, it has, it was a slew of hacking tools, probably like 30 different like specific tools in one GitHub repo that you can use to like hack into people's accounts. Okay. Right. So she's being relatively threatening at this point. Right. Um, So then everything just kind of stops. Nothing, don't hear anything more about it. Christina just like, drops this at this point. Like, I'm not going to talk to this. She blocked her. Yeah. You know, everything. Every, everybody has been blocked. She notified at this point the, the leaders of the DevOps Coffee Ops group. Um, she, I believe, also emailed the therapist. I, you know, like basically like kind of washed her hands of this person and was like, I'm done. Right. Yeah. I tried to help and you're, there's something else going on here. Exactly. We did everything we could. Well, come to find out. Um, you heard of the Capital One hack that happened here a few days ago? Yeah, I mean, was, this was a gal that was in Seattle in like Beacon Hill neighborhood or something. Same person. No shit. <laughs> no way, dude. Right. So Paige Thompson, I think Thompson. I really? Right. Yeah, uh, is the person's name. Uh, and yeah, I've talked to this person that hacked 100 million Capital One accounts. So, so as Christina. <laughs> the FBI's going to be contacting you if they haven't I, already. I know, right? I'm waiting for them to contact me. Whoa. I'm like, ooh, why were you talking to this person? Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's, I, I was like blown away. Like uh, suddenly Christina one day, uh, a couple days ago, sent me a message and it was a screenshot of, of some of the conversation that they had had. Yeah. And then it was the link to the article, you know, about the, the Capital One hacking. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that's wild. I just saw a photo today in the news when I was reading that story. Like I saw it like person had a tattoo and like da-da-da and it's like oh they're from seattle and yep unbelievable yep worked for amazon um worked for a number of other companies in the area and and it does sound like the actual uh hack is much larger than capital one okay um there's a there's a really good article i have linked in the show notes that i'll that i'll post um she actually had access to a, a whole lot of other companies data yeah she may not have accessed it but she could have very really? easily yeah and this was a particular I don't know the details of this breach, but was it some kind of OS level of vulnerability or was it just something with their security that was? So as I understand it, because she was an Amazon S3 employee, oh. I don't know if, I don't, oh, think it, I, don't, no. I don't think it was a current. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, she was able to basically use an inside methodology to get into the, into these accounts and into these storage pieces. Really? As I understand it. So. And this is in the article, I think, that I, that I sent or that you're looking at there uh, talks about that's kind of the cloud companies like Azure, Google and uh, and uh, AWS. That's, this is like their biggest fear is because like the inside hacking. How do you prevent that? Right. So in this case, this person was had access to Amazon S3 buckets. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Or at least had some knowledge of it and, and was able to exploit it in some way. Yeah. Really? But I think Ford was involved. Like she could have potentially had some Ford information in there. Obviously, Capital One. Uh, and then there was a f- couple other notable names as well. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy, crazy story that came up, uh, I think, uh, early in the week or late last week. I can't remember exactly. And I wanted to save 
all of that because I was like, oh, I'll get Mike's response here on the podcast. Well, that's pretty cool, man, because I, I just knew that this person was was local, but I didn't know the whole backstory that you have already, you guys, you and Christina had been. You were trying to be a nice guy, man. <laughs> we were trying, trying to do the right thing, trying right? Trying to do the right thing. She was trying to help out. Right. And uh, what, what her nickname is Erratic. Erratic. That's what she went up by on Twitter, yep, which her uh, LinkedIn has been removed. Her Twitter has been removed. I'm not sure. She had a GitHub and she had a GitLab. Yeah. So the funny thing about this too, if you read the articles, the reason that she got one of the reasons she got snagged was that they found links to her GitHub, which linked to her GitLab, and in her GitLab, she actually had committed her resume. Really? Oh boy. <laughs> Leaving a little trail. Yeah. Damn, man, that's wild. Yeah. Could face up to five years in prison, a quarter million dollar fine. Not really that big of a penalty. Doesn't seem like. Not for one hundred and six I mean, million pieces of you know yeah profile data i mean she didn't do anything with the data as far as they know she downloaded it for certain but she didn't and then i think she posted it to a github that's how it was found somebody reported it um after they had found it but i don't i don't think she specifically like tried to use any of the data for anything specific okay so maybe that's why the penalty doesn't seem that harsh i'm not sure but well, that's that's fascinating, man. So that personal connection there, <laughs> a little too personal. I know it's a little weird. Yikes! Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Be careful who you help online. I guess. I huh? guess that's true. Yeah. Damn. If they're in crisis, maybe you, just run away. You gotta let us know if the FBI comes calling, man. That'd be something. Wow. Go into the FBI and get an interrogation. Crazy. They're gonna yeah talk to you or Christina. See what happened there. <laughs> on that note, I, I want to get your opinion on the Equifax breach. You know that previously happened. You know now they have faced with a $700 million settlement. You've heard about that? So is this the breach? This, I think, may have happened while we were in France. Because I think, if I remember correctly, I was sitting in John and Mary's place in France and and looking up how to get the Equifax protection or see if I was involved. It was in 2017, so it could have been. It was around that time when uh, for the wedding, right, when we were out there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, this was a few years ago. Um What's interesting about it, and I'd like to get some feedback from anybody that's done this or knows, I should ask a couple of coworkers uh, because I know that they, there's $700 million in a pool essentially that you, you can get if you were, um, first of all, if you were a part of the breach, but then if you had damages associated with it, if you paid for, um, oh, what do they call that? Like the identity protection. Yeah. If you, if you paid for that or if you actually had experienced fraud and then had to take time off or incurred personal expenses to fight the fraud charges um, or hire a lawyer, that sort of thing. Like then you're entitled up to, I think the maximum reward is $20,000. Um, but uh, you, they'll offer you, if you were a part of the breach, at least free credit monitoring for a year or $125. But I think you have to demonstrate like some impact, not just that your information was part of it, but that you had to, pay for some service or do something in order to get any money. Okay. I thought the 120, I haven't looked at this very much. I've just heard about it on the periphery a little bit, but I've, I thought the $125 that you could claim was for anybody that was affected. But Well, I, I think so. I just don't know how strict it is because I saw that and I went online, I went to the form, I filled out my information and sure enough, they said, yeah, you were a part of this breach. So I said, I don't want the credit monitoring. I just want the $125. <laughs> and then they asked for more documentation to back up. You know, they said, look, you get, you can get up to X dollars. But you have to, I think you can claim up to 10 hours of time spent, but you had to document this stuff. They wanted documentation. 
Okay. And I'm not sure how stringent that would be. Like if I just said, no, yeah, I, I spent 10 hours trying to fight this. Will they actually audit that? Or what kind of proof do you need to get a payout? I'm not really sure. Well, and I've even seen some information today. I think it was on Twitter that like, you, basically you shouldn't even bother to request the amount from them, the hundred and whatever, $25 you can request because you'll never get it. I didn't read into the details of why, but it came from like the AP. So a pretty major news outlet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works or, or, you know, who's entitled to what, but yeah, so, it didn't sound like, I mean, rain saying that anyone can claim up to 10 hours of, of working on repairing it. I just don't know how to prove that. I mean, that's what I'm wondering is like, well, how do I demonstrate that? Cause I don't have physical documentation, but I did, I was a part of the breach. And so I would, you know, I'd like to claim that your accountant would say, keep all your receipts. Yeah. Well, is, is that what you need? Or, I don't know. <laughs> or are they just saying that? And then you really, I mean, don't. what other documentation could you provide if you don't have receipts for stuff? Yeah, I don't right? know. I don't. I just don't know how, like, how thorough this audit process is going to be. There's so many people affected. Are they actually going to go one by one? Or are they just going to say it's not worth our time to investigate this? Like, if everybody's just going to get ten hours worth of, uh, you know, yeah, over ten you have to prove is what he's saying. So under ten, it did ask for something. Yeah, he's going to he's going to provide some more information for us on that. When we can we can. Um, once we get that info, we'll relay that on the cast next week or whenever we get it. But yeah, I'd like to just be, I, I think you can just claim, I don't know. We'll see what he has. Cause I show. know I was affected. Christina was not, but I was, yeah. wasn't that basically like half, half of the world or half of the country was pretty much affected. Uh, it was huge. I don't yeah. remember exactly how many, but 700. Yeah. There's 147 million victims. So yeah, about half, yeah. less than half a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was something like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks, Rain. We'll get that information and relay that on next week. That'll, we'll follow up that in the show notes. And uh, everybody go out there and check the link and see if you can get some money. Excellent. Yeah. Let's move on to Bezos satellites, not to be confused yeah. with Bezos balls. <laughs> Another area of fascination over here. Bezos balls, the yep. spheres. Yeah. The Amazon Go. That's not Amazon Go. It's just the offices down there. I don't know. I don't know. Bezos There's a bar balls. in there. What else is in them? Yeah, I don't, I've never been in them. Have you been in them? I've not been in them. I've not been in Bezos Balls. No, I've not. But I know that there's a restaurant, a bar. Yeah. Really nice there. looking bar. Yeah, it looks pretty, very posh. Yeah. Um, and quite the ecosystem. Right? Rather they expensive, as I understand, too, right? Exotic plants. It is expensive. Yeah. I looked at the menu for that, and it was not a cheap happy hour, for sure. Yeah. One of our coworkers was, was discussing, I think, that, I think it was the bar. Um, and was basically saying like he feels sorry for anybody that works there because I don't think they can climate control it. Oh no! So it has to be part of like the same uh, part of the the ecosystem. So pretty steamy. Yeah. So everybody in there is going to be sweating the entire time that they're hanging out. Maybe it wasn't the bar, but something else inside the spheres at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Lexan just jumped in. She's a little late to the party. Said, "Looks like I missed some good topics." Well, you have to pick it up later. Yeah. When the podcast is produced, or you can uh, catch the live the video here. Yeah, you can always watch. That's a good point. I'm glad you mentioned that because you can always watch the full podcast immediately after on Facebook. The whole thing will be there. I think you could probably even watch it now from the beginning. That's probably true. I think you could rewind it. But um, yeah, it's always available on Facebook immediately following the live show. And then we do uh, publish what our little syndication feed goes out uh, next day, usually next day or two. Yep. And then you can uh, get it on Spotify and iTunes Stitcher and, and tune in and all those good places on your Tesla in the tune in app. That's right. In the in-car display. 
Uh, don't text and drive, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> no fender benders on my watch. I'm not responsible. I'm going to add that to the ending ending piece here. Can you please put that in there? Yeah. yeah. We are not responsible or liable for any accidents caused by texting and driving on the Coffee Codecast here. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the project, man. Let's talk about Project Kuiper. Project Kuiper. So we've talked previously about SpaceX uh, um, Neuralink. What, what do we call that? What is it called? I forgot the name of that already. Of the Tesla or um, SpaceX version. It's called, um, why am I not thinking of it already? S- Starlink, dude. There Starlink. you go, Starlink. Yeah. So we've talked about Starlink because in a recent Falcon Heavy mission, they launched 60 prototypes or 60 of the satellites into space. Um, that was a really cool, successful launch. And the idea there is to create a grid of satellite uh, internet, uh, internet satellites that can span the entire globe. And so if you have a pizza box size receiver on the ground, then in theory you would have access to internet anywhere on the earth. Um, their hope is eventually to get approval. I think they've received FTC approval already. FCC? FCC. Yeah, approval to launch 12,000. Um, that would be the, the idea is to have a grid of 12,000 satellites and global domination with uh, internet. Well, there's a new competitor in the space, of course. Jeff Bezos uh, has his own uh, Blue Origin company, but they have a new project, Kuiper, that's doing their own uh, satellite internet in a very similar fashion. I don't know much about the technology, how it differs from what SpaceX and Starlink are doing, well, from, um, but they have a they propose a network of 3,200 satellites delivering high-speed internet anywhere in the world as well. Do you know, are these going to be the same type of, of Starlink satellites where they're low orbit? Well, that's a good question. I don't know anything about the technology. I just saw this article pop up, so I need to I need to look a little bit more. But I think that was the whole benefit of having um, the the Starlink was that it was low latency. By having it in low Earth orbit, then you you uh, were able to get very low latency um, response times from from the grid. So I'm trying to look here. Da, da, da. This is interesting. So it looks like they're trying to make a play a bit more for the consumer market. Okay. Um, kind of a more wide, wide swath of the consumer market. Whereas I think, I think Starlink is more to, um, kind of in the Facebook way of doing things, right? They're just trying to get everybody in the world connected. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily like to be the consumer broadband service. It was just to try and get coverage everywhere in the world. Right. Right. Um, Spend billions of dollars on the project. Not a lot of details. Three thousand two hundred thirty-six satellites. Yes, in low Earth orbit. So seven hundred and four eighty-four at an altitude of three hundred and sixty-seven miles, and then another twelve hundred uh, at a height of three hundred and seventy-nine miles. Anywhere between three hundred and sixty-seven and four hundred miles, effectively. Um, low Earth orbit is where they're going to have these satellites. Um, it's one of their projects. It's a new initiative to launch a constellation of low Earth orbit satellites that will provide low latency, high-speed broadband connectivity to unserved and underserved communities around the world, said an Amazon spokesperson. Okay, so they, they are trying to tout the same type of thing, but it does, sound like, like it. it does sound like they also maybe are trying to make it more, more widely available, like maybe get other people that are on currently connected yep. uh, type connections to use this type of thing. I think these could be really interesting because like, I, I think we talked about this before where like uh, people were asking if, um, I think this was on the Tesla earnings call, Yep. where they were asking if the Starlink satellites maybe could be used um, in place of LTE for Tesla vehicles, which would be really cool, right? Yeah. Because then theoretically you have connectivity anywhere you go, whereas uh, LTE definitely cuts in and out depending upon your location. Still pretty bad, and it'll get better with 5G, but that's going to be a while. 
before right. that's everywhere. Well, it'll get worse before it gets better because five G is not going to be in every corner of the world. It's it's going to be harder. To, you have to have more satellite. You have to have more uh, antennas. Is that right for five G? Just because of the the spectrum that it's on, it's not going to be. <clears throat> yeah, because of the high bandwidth, it it, it doesn't have. Um, it's kind of like, you know, like eight hundred two AB and G, like the different standards. So you can get. What, do you, what are you trying to accomplish? Do you want it to penetrate through walls? You can do that, but then you're going to get um, a shorter range. Um, you can, if you can go farther, then it's, I don't know, there's, there's always trade-offs, right, in, in what you can get. And so I think with 5G, what I've heard anyway is that you have to have a lot more equipment uh, more frequently in order to achieve that bandwidth and low latency. So I have uh, just heard this morning, I think it was a Verizon, uh, extended their 5G coverage to, I think it was three or four more cities. Um, so it is coming, just... Not very quickly. And I don't think right. a lot of phones support it, right? Yeah, certainly not the iPhone, not until 2020 at the earliest. I think, yeah. the, I think the iPhone 11 might. Is there some Android phones that do that? Like usually Android's a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, but maybe. I don't know if they have any. I don't know. Not the flip phones or the fold phones, man. Don't get those. <laughs> yeah, don't get that. Uh, yeah, Verizon launches 5G in four more cities. Chicago, Denver, Minneapolis. Yeah. So while you're hot... Yeah. Or cold. If, while you're uncomfortable. Yeah. While you're drinking booze to keep yourself warm in Minneapolis, uh, <laughs> you can have some high-speed internet on your new mobile device. Yeah. Providence and St. Paul, which is the same as Minneapolis, so that's stupid. Yeah. So I don't really want to get into our next topic because I feel like we could talk about that for a little while. So you got anything else you want to wrap about? Oh, I see. Yeah, we didn't. Gosh, we went long today, didn't we? Yeah, we started jabbering about Delta lounges and Alaska lounges and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, we did. Um yeah, that, we have a good topic for next time, though. We, I think it's uh, we might as well just give a quick intro to it at least, but we don't have to talk about it now, yeah? Oh, well, go ahead and intro away. I don't know what you want to say there. Oh, my sister does say, uh, tagging on to the previous topic, that in my little uh, former hometown of Albert City, Iowa, population of, I don't know, 750. Yeah. They do not have the 5G available yet. <laughs> 5G is not... <laughs> 5G <laughs> arriving sometime in 2030. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right about the time that the uh, light rail is going to be hitting, uh, you know, the Redmond area. That's right. That's going to be fantastic. That'll be great. Can't Someday, for, for some people, when your kids are um, graduating high school, then um, Fred Carr wants to know, do you ever talk about Bitcoin? Actually, um, it's not been a frequent topic of conversation here, but we do have a guest speaker that we're going to bring on. I can mention that a little bit. Brent Lyman, a uh, good buddy of mine who works for CoinMe, and so they are, I, I'll let him explain it, he can do a better job explaining it than I can, but they have like the largest network of Bitcoin ATMs around the country. Um, they have a partnership with Coinstar, uh, and you can basically um, go to their ATMs or go to the Coinstar machines and you can exchange, um, you know, currencies for Bitcoin um, and all of that sort of stuff. So, well, and if we could ever get our buddy Rain, who's uh, been listening yeah. onto the show, he was a former miner. Yeah. So he could probably shed some light on the subject as well. Yeah, we would. I would like to get Rain on the show. Rain, you don't even have to. You could just dial in. You don't have to be on the camera. <laughs> that would make you more comfortable. <laughs> Sit in his office over there yeah. and dial in. Um, Fred, that's. I'm glad you brought that up, Fred. And thanks for joining the call, the cast. Um, you know, Fred's a coworker of ours downstairs. He's uh, a long time um, uh, powerhouse uh, salesman down here. Quote wizard. And. Uh, I think Bitcoin would be a great topic to talk about. And so if you have ideas on what you want to hear about, we can make that happen too, buddy. So, Do you have any Bitcoin? Um, any I, coins of any kind? Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I, I, it, you can kick yourself, whatever. I can kick myself. I was looking at it when it was down to 3,500 around 
the end of the year, like, you know, December, I think November, December, it was down around 30 as low as I think it was almost like 3000 bucks, like 3,200 bucks. And I thought about getting a few. I just saw today that it was almost up to 10,000. Did it break 10,000 today? It was um, making a rebound. This is actual Bitcoin, not, not Ethereum or any this other is kind BTC. of BTC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Bitcoin broke 10,000 today. So it's at 10, 10.036. And that's up from its low. What was the low here? What, a year ago or something like that? Right? Because um, it went from like super ridiculously 30, high. 32.71. So it's up about $6,800. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. I could have, I could have tripled, my, tripled my money. That would have been a better investment than what we do in our, uh, our little trading app. Yeah, Robin Hood. I mean, in my Robin Hood app right now. But you know, I'm a big, I'm a big CRISPR. I've got CRISPR, a big position in CRISPR right now, and CRISPR has been doing great for me, man. They're kicking ass right now. Well, I can now. tell you, don't invest in Hexo, Hexo yeah. cannabis. Did they not, dive? Not so great. Uh, I've lost a lot of money with Hexo. Not a lot. I don't Ooh. have a lot in there, but I've lost a good percentage. I think there's still a buy. It's just going to be a long. It's going to be a, it's long, a long hold. Play. Yeah, it's a long play. It's yeah. not going to be a quick thing. Um, yeah, I have some. I have a marijuana. Sh- I have Aurora cannabis actually. And hey, if you want to get your own free stock, uh, I can give you a referral link. Don't 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 it's use mine. Mike's. Use mine. I, I'll send it over to you. We'll, we'll each get a free stock. It'll be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> recommend you check out the Robinhood app where you can buy and sell free trades. Yeah, um, it's actually very easy to set up. You just go in, and I we have a little group where we uh, a little friendly competition with some friends, and so we we everybody puts in put in five hundred bucks at the beginning of the quarter. And whoever has the biggest gain at the end gets a uh, gets a free steak dinner. My wife says Dogecoin is where it's at. Dogecoin. Now, what's that? That's that dog. What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, you'd have to Google it. I've heard of some others like XRP is a big one. Uh, I don't know a lot about a lot of the coins. Litecoin? This dog. Yeah. Dogecoin. It's like a meme. That used to be a big thing. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm saying the, the maybe I'm saying it incorrectly. But well, that's how you say it. We're gonna get we're gonna get Lyman on here from uh, Coin Me. Yeah, he should. That'd be great. We, we've talked about it a few times now, and we just haven't. I've dropped the ball on it. Yeah, he's an advisor. Um, Fred says he's got Dragon Unicorn, but they're both Seattle companies and some randoms. Um, hmm. awesome dude. Not familiar with either of those. We need to talk some more. Yeah, I'm not familiar with those either. Um. Yeah, he's a uh, senior advisor with uh, CoinMe. So Lyman, we'll get him on here, and uh, we'll have to. What I'll do first is get you know make sure Fred's around. We'll get some good questions and some things that we can ask Fred that you're interested in, in hearing about, and um, maybe even get you on too. So great, I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Love it. Yeah. All right, you want to do a little tease here, and then we'll uh, we'll close it up. Yeah, I'll do a quick preview for next week. Hopefully we don't get too caught up in the news. But, you know, we like to talk about things that happen in the office quite often. And without giving too much away, you know, one of our uh, esteemed colleagues uh, has been kind of uh, picked for a a new role and is going to be um, kind of, uh, I don't know what you'd say, like, you know, basically there, there leaves a big opening in our department here. Um, in leadership. And so not really sure what that means for us, but I think there's a lot we can talk about just as how do you, how do you deal with those types of changes uh, as they happen? Very exciting on one hand, but also raises a lot of questions uh, on the other. So I think we have a lot to dig into there and I'm excited to get onto that topic next week. Yeah, that'll be fun to talk about. So we'll uh, see everybody here next week. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, our artwork is provided by Yurnay. 
Uh, check out more of his awesome artwork at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com. The podcast is available from iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find all this and more at www.coffeecodecast.com. If you like the show, jump on over to coffeecodecast.com slash review and let us know what you think. Uh, we're looking for guests, topic ideas, uh, ways we can improve the show. So please send it all over our way. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And a friendly disclaimer, newly <laughs> added to the notes here. The Coffee Codecast is not responsible for any incidents if you choose to text and drive. Sorry, Dave. All right. Good night. See you next week. Thank you.